Ladies and gentlemen, and in particular ladies, all the single ladies, all the single ladies, all the single ladies, it is time for Who's Raven On? With your hosts, me, Natalie, and the incredibly Doctor Who devotee, devotee, devoted, that went well, Stuart Late. Hello, hello everyone. A new era of Doctor Who. Natalie, the Doctor was a woman. I didn't notice. <laughs> Which really, when you think about it, is the best compliment. Absolutely. I'm, I'm joking, that was a joke. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, I guess, first thoughts. Yeah, I liked it a What'd lot. What I liked it a lot. I thought it was a really great uh, intro episode. It's probably not the best intro episode the show's ever done. No? I think that's probably the 11th hour, Matt Smith's first. That's pretty good. It's a very good episode. I actually went back and watched, um, because when I was writing my recap, I was thinking about how many intro episodes there have been mm. and how often the, com- oh, certainly in the modern era, how often the companions have been seen before the Doctor. And so I was thinking about kind of key ones and certainly Rose with Christopher Eccleston. Absolutely. Uh, was the first one that really had, you saw Rose's life and her sort of key family members until eventually she ends up in a basement at her shop. And That's right. Doctor's grabbing a hand saying, Run! In the same accent. Yeah, well done. High five. Up top. And so the other one I was thinking of was the 11th hour. But if you remember, I think he starts it sort of hanging out of the TARDIS and crashing into the backyard of young Amy Pond. Of young Amelia Pond, yeah. Whom he meets straight away and you don't really see her family or anything like that. So really not since Rose, to my mind, have we seen seven or eight minutes of other characters before getting to absolutely it was, the it was you made the point and it was a great one that like it is very similar to the way the show started back in 2005 mm. you you get to live with the companions for a little bit find out who they are like get to get intertwined in their lives and then suddenly the doctor comes literally in this case crashing mm. into their lives through a ceiling through which, through the ceiling of a train yeah which some people hate look some people have pointed that out as a plot hole but I will just say remnant regeneration energy. As in, how did she survive? Uh, how did she survive the massive fall through a train car? Well, I briefly thought of that, but then I just went, Doctor? Uh, yeah, that's right, Doctor. And and do, does it matter? Like, she's here. Because the doctor, the doctor never seems to get any kind of physical injury. Like, no, you would yeah. think in all those years of running around that she would have <laughs> sprained an ankle or something. Well, and at one point, um, David Tennant's Doctor even says something like, I could survive a 50-foot fall like he's sort of musing to himself like what could i what could i survive what yeah. sort of height of a fall could i survive the doctor's supposed to have uh, he's gallifreyan he's not human yeah and she human. she's not human so yeah you know it's uh look i can we just say up front can we just say up front i think in terms of pronouns i think we're going to say he we're going to say she and well, let's just put on the table that we'll say he when we're referring to the male doctors, and we'll say she when we're referring to yes, Jodie Whittaker. But if there is a mistake, it is it is a mistake. It and is unintentional. It is just it's obviously a, a fluid situation. That's right. So please don't take anything because I feel like these kinds of things can get people in trouble these days. So Absolutely. I just want to say but we may refer to the doctor as a he, as a she in the past, in the present. It may get tangled. Totally. We mean the doctor. So. We mean the doctor exactly, and the doctor yes. is. Fantastic. So, fantastic. Uh, So, I have to say, because remember I was saying, oh, there seems like a lot of companions, like the three companions. Now, And she had four this time around, really. Well, she did, because as soon as I realized that, oh, the old white guy is the young black guy's new granddad. Yes. By marriage. And then we saw the young girl as the cop, or the young policewoman. I went, oh... I think the mum's going to die. The, grand, the grandma. I think, the grandma, I think yeah. Nan's going to die. 
And then she did. And, and I was sad did. because she was awesome. And that's obviously by design. They, they wanted us to really like her. And we yeah. did. Like, she's a great character. Well, her Grace and Graham mm. were my favorites of the episode. Really? Yeah. Okay. Love that. I can see that. I, look, the Doctor's great, but the Doctor's the Doctor. The Doctor. We, we're ex- we expect the Doctor to I, be amazing. I loved Grace and Graham, and I loved that she was kind of really warm and yeah. uh, inquisitive and, and quite they, excited by adventure. Yeah, and they had great chemistry, like those two. Yeah. They, they really and, work well together as a and couple. He, and he was the like, what are you doing? Oh, don't... And then, it, and then when you got his story at the end of the fact that he had cancer, it makes sense that he was a bit more of a warrior, a bit yeah. more about... I want to protect my life because I still have life. Absolutely, yeah. That's that I right. wasn't expecting. And I just think they had a really lovely, warm relationship. And I was so sad to see her die. That's Went it. out. Went crazy out like a champ. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And look, given it's wibbly wobbly timey wimey, we may see her again. That's it. Well, you know, not to get into spoilery stuff, but she is listed as a recurring actress. This oh, really? Season. Yeah, so. Would that be flashbacks? Whether that would though? be flashbacks, yeah. maybe, or who knows? Yeah, so. Yeah, but given the fact that. There was a big point made that he didn't really trust his new granddad or when's he going to call me granddad? That's it, exactly. I think he'll ever call me granddad. And he talked about how his mum had died and now his nan at the end. Spoilers, by the way. Um, Spoilers. (laughs) This is is a recap podcast. Hopefully you should have picked up on the idea that, yeah. So, uh, and and then he talks about having a dad who wasn't there. He was missing in action. So... It obviously, to me, is setting up a whole, well, now he's going to grow closer to his granddad. That's it, exactly, yeah. And, you know, something might happen to him down the track. Absolutely. Given that he's still technically in remission from cancer. That's it, who knows? Uh, yeah, so all those sorts of things. But it was unfortunate that given the, th- the prominence of the three companions in advertising, that we didn't see really the fourth. And so, of course, I went, oh, I don't yeah. think it's going to go well for her. No, that's right. Torchwood did an interesting thing with that when it started which was they had a character in there uh, that was in all the advertising leading up to it. She did promotional appearances with all the cast. And then in like the first 10 minutes of the episode, she died. Oh. Yeah, and she was killed off. I don't even remember that. In the first episode. Wow. And they did all this build up and she was part of all the promotional build up and then they just killed her off straight away. How and it was sucky would that be for insane. the actress? Well, that's right, exactly. But I mean, you know, we you, need to pay you to look like you're really important, yeah, and crucial to the show. You need to come along as if you're a main cast member, and then you will die in the yeah. first ten minutes of the episode. But don't worry, we're going to pay you really well to do yeah, all these. I imagine she was compensated for her time. But I mean, like, it, but you know, it worked because like it was this big shocking moment in what was a very mediocre series. But how do you say yes to that job? It's like we want you for Torchwood. Yeah. Oh, great! I've done the audition scene. It's next to Captain Jack. This yeah, might be a major it's gonna be role. Great. It's going to be great. You're dead after ten minutes. That's right. But you get to do a lot of PR, and you never come back, and, and we and never, you never speak of ever, you again. Like you'd be like, oh, oh. <laughs> you'd still take it, of course, because totally. you've got to eat. But it's still, you'd be like, oh, oh, there but, was a chance. But important to note, Chris Chibnall, one of the main uh, showrunners of Torchwood. So, ah, you know, of course he was. Yeah. Uh, Maybe, you know, pulling out old tricks. I don't know. Like, it's it's not his first go around in the Hooniverse. So, you know, Hooniverse. the Hooniverse. That sounds really weird to say out loud. I don't it, think I'm going to do yeah, that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to, years ago when I was still at um, uh, the newspaper job that I had, online newspaper, digital news service, whatever the boss at the time wanted to call it. <laughs> uh, and I did a couple of recaps of Doctor Who, I think when Capaldi first started. Perhaps. Oh, okay, yeah. And I was trying to start my own version of Whovians because yes. I just have always never liked Whovian. I don't know why, but I tried to change yeah. it to Hoovers. Hoovers! <laughs> like the vacuum machine, <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah. but spelt with a W. 
and uh, it didn't take off, sadly. But I was really trying for it. Cause Absolutely. I just like Hoovians. Oh, feel, yes, I'm a Hoovian. I, I oh. feel like you're on the wrong side of history, though. No, that's the trouble. Oh, that's, I am. It's definitely caught on. Oh, I know. <laughs> it was my last-ditch attempt to stem the tide with something. I'm like, guys, you can be better. You can be better than Hoovian. Because it's, it's a relatively recent term, Hoovian. I, I don't think it was a thing... It would be an internet thing, Even, sure. like, five, five or six years ago, like... It became a thing very quickly, oh, right. is the thing. I, I don't think it's been a thing for very long. Yes. Good old... But now it is Doctor. the thing. Like, Doctor Who fans are Whovians. So this is the thing. If you read my recap um, for the first one, which is now up, I was like, oh my God, I've got to finish this before Stu comes over to podcast. <laughs> but it is up. Didn't and as such, well. I have not read it. No, so. no. it's. I'm glad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I actually start by saying my initial reaction was wanting to kind of do a recap that was a bit uh, taking the piss. Totally. Uh, like, Doctor Who. And I was like, but why am I doing that? Like, why? That's, that, is that what the kind of person I want to be? And in many ways, yes. But <laughs> also because Doctor Who is so earnest. Yes, it so, wears its heart on its sleeve. Yeah, very uh, hard on its sleeve. Yeah. It's not trying to be the coolest, I think. They're trying to just make a genuine warm it's, show that kids for, can watch. That's and, right, exactly. Yeah. You know, be inspired by it. And I was like, oh, that would be a bit nasty to do that. So I'm trying to come around. But, I, I mean, I've still thrown a few, hopefully, you know, jokes in yeah. inverted commas in, into the recap. And I, I, I will take the piss if I feel it's necessary. Hmm. But I'm going to try and, like, invest myself in the in the magic. Yeah. Of, of the Doctor. Well, look, again. speaking, I feel like I feel like I sound like someone who's never watched Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah. I watched a lot of Doctor. I was going to say, like, the, but, I did read the intro to your piece, and you come off as someone who has not watched a lot of Doctor and Who. I have though. You, I just you have, have watched the show. I have watched a lot of the show, but I guess I just am not obsessed with it the way that I'm obsessed with Game of Thrones. Yes, and I write. Sorry, my cats are going insane right now. They've done nothing all day, and now that you're here, Stu, they're all in a tizzy. I don't know what could have caused that. <laughs> Stu is very popular with my cats, I've got to say. They like... He's, he's a man's man, and they like him. Which is which is funny, because I don't really like cats. That's not but... it, Stu. Get out. <laughs> no. I like your cats. Everyone likes cats. I like your cats. They just don't know... They haven't met the right cat yet. Sure. My friend Brittany... Never a cat person, always a dog person. Mm-hmm. Met a cat at a cat cattle cafe, obsessed, obsessed with this cat. This one cat. This one cat. She's obsessed with him. His name is Niles. So Niles Reginald Ashton White. Right. He is an evil supervillain. I see. And he looks it. She recently, her partner recently proposed to her by creating I saw this, this yeah. elaborate, elaborate prank <laughs> where he got kidnapped by the cat. Yes. And the cat then sent a series of challenges to Brittany. <laughs> That she had to complete in order to get uh, Tom back. And then once, yes, once they sort of regrouped again, she collected all these Scrabble tiles that spelled out, will you marry me? Yeah. It was very elaborate, but it was a cat evil genius. He's a good cat. You see, this is what cats do. Fair enough. They bring people together. They do. They bring people together. And infect them with together. toxoplasmosis. Shut up. <laughs> anyway, Doctor Who. Let's talk about the basic plot line. Or should we talk still about the Doctor's appearance? As in um, what you thought of her. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, well, let's let's get it out of the way. Let's let's talk about Jodie Whittaker. I thought she was really, really good and hit the ground. (laughs) Didn't mean to make a pun there, but there we go. Um, (laughs) Hit the ground running. Technically, it was a train floor. Hit hit the train. Hit the train running. Uh, Was amazing. Like, Like, got up, started talking, was instantly the Doctor. In a way that some of the other Doctors have not been. Like, even David Tennant. Like, you think about David Tennant's first episode. He spends most of it asleep. Like yeah. in the Christmas invasion, like, and, and when he gets up, it takes him a couple of episodes, I think, to sort of find the character. But when, when he hits it, like he's amazing. Like mm. he's one of the best of the modern era, but 
you know, and Peter Capaldi, we've, I think we talked about it last week a little bit. I don't know whether we did it on mic or not, but we talked about how he had to sort of ease into the character a bit. He was very sort of um, crotchety and angry when mm. he first started and he sort of mellowed into the into a very good incarnation. Mm. Um, so, but I mean, I think, I don't know how Whitaker's character is going to evolve over the next couple of episodes, but it seems like she's basically nailed it out of the gate. I thought she was so the doctor. the way that I'm describing her at the moment in my head is mm. the enthusiasm of nine of Christopher Eccleston yeah, and also yeah. a bit of that Northern sort of charm and exuberance, but without the horrible rage and, uh, guilt and guilt and survivors anger. guilt. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Because I found there was a quite a big death toll in this episode. People have their faces like, like frozen blown off. off. Yeah. By ice facing skin ice defacing and then the, the, the baddie like rips out a tooth like serial killer style yeah, like it's to it's shove real it into bad his face yeah and they see the one guy in the warehouse the first guy who gets killed then there's a random guy on the street eating a kebab who gets killed in, in a pretty great scene i thought that it was, was a great good. scene it I probably wasn't necessary i guess it was to show us the viewer that he always goes to reach down and grab something yeah. okay a tooth but she hadn't seen that so when she rocks up and confronts him at the end. She's like, why the teeth? Why do you take teeth? Like, she doesn't know that there's more than one two victim. I uh, haven't seen the other victim. So, anyway. Yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah. But there were a few little... She, he had like taken the teeth from that one guy. So yes, yes, yes. He'd yeah. taken one tooth. Yeah, but I mean... So... But then he had, he had teeth in his face. Yes, true. Like, but I mean, she didn't know that when she said, why the teeth? He had, still had a mask Oh, on. that's yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. So there was a little thing there yeah. where I was like, that was a really cool scene, but I feel yeah, like... Yeah, you're right. Was, worst, worst episode ever. I f- no, no, no. I just, <laughs> that would be the kind of scene, has the episode still been 45 minutes, that scene would not have been Gone. there. I yeah, felt absolutely. there were lots of bits in this episode where I was like, oh. Did you feel that it dragged, though, with the in extra runtime? A little bit. Okay. Not a huge amount. I didn't feel it. I didn't feel the, 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 the time. I, I think I felt it most in the tail. Like in yes. the sort of the end, but I think they they gave themselves a lot of room to sort of then wrap up everything that had happened yes, and, and yes. move on. And and I feel the crane whole situation at the end was a little bit more. But having said that, I remember one of the things that I used to think about Doctor Who is sometimes those forty five minute episodes seemed super rushed. Yes, that's sometimes right. they felt like oh another five minutes could have let it breathe a bit more. Absolutely. So I think that like oh that would have been that was good to have them have a little bit more time on the crane. They could have probably still had 30 seconds to a minute less, probably. Totally. And all that stuff at the end. Having said that, someone important had just died, so they were doing the, you know, yeah. requisite mourning. But, yeah, that scene with the guy throwing salad, great little scene, but that would not have that, been that there have in, a in a 45 minute. minute so that was so, yeah. the kind, that's the kind of extra stuff I think they put it. Yeah. And, and the, shots of, um, the shots of them all checking her going back to the police station and yeah, Graham going yeah, to the yeah. bus drivers and those little sort of character moments. There's a lot of little connective tissue stuff yeah. that probably wouldn't have been there in a 45-minute episode. Yeah, so yeah. I'm, I'm intrigued by the longer runtime because certainly in all that build-up, but I think once they got to the end, for me, it was a little bit of hmm. um, of drag. Uh, but, yes, she didn't seem that upset about a lot of these deaths. She was. She didn't have. Whereas Tennant would kind of, nah, you know, a lot of them would get. She. Really she was. Up, I, I feel like she was upset, but she wasn't like. You're, you're right. She wasn't expressive about it. Like she was obviously, you know, it was sad, and she was sad about it. And, and she even, like, there, there was that moment where, like, uh, Nan, the Nan character Grace goes, you know, says she'll go find it, something to cover the body with, and she goes, "Oh, thank you, Grace." Yeah. You know, and I thought that was really a really yeah. interesting touch because, like, other doctors might not have worried about that too much. 
Yeah, possibly. You know, I don't know. Like, it just feels like a little touch that maybe, like, this Doctor's a bit more connected. Like, she learns all her companions' names. She That was true, yeah. She's sort of in there Call with... Call you Yaz because we're friends now. Because we're friends yeah. now, you know, like... Um, but I, I, I... It just felt like there'd been that old guy at the building site who they walked up and took his walkie-talkie off him. And he was lying face down in the mud, having yeah. been eviscerated by this... But we had seen stuff. him have a... a um, yeah, we had seen that. But she, she just was like, oh, well, here's another dead body. Like, it, it, it felt a little bit like... Um, yeah, but, th- but that's very doctory. Like, I know just having, having said what I just said, like, it is very doctory. It is just sort of like, well, the monster killed someone else. Okay, better move on and make sure this doesn't happen to anyone else. See, I, for some reason in my head, I just get the sense that there are so many doctors going, no, don't take, not this one. No, like, I can't leave a single <laughs> life. Whereas this doctor was like, I'm here to help. I'm just here to help. Body count? Well, that's just a given. Uh, but I'm here to help. Like, uh, to, to me, it was almost like, is that the... Is that the loop on in her head which is no no i'm just helping and there's going to be casualties but i'm here to help and maybe and i don't mean to say that in a negative way i mean to say that that's an interesting thing to me do do we have a supposedly nurturing female doctor who's a bit like no well things are going to happen we've got to keep moving on well the idea of her 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 womanness uh wasn't uh really touched on too much which i i didn't think they would i thought i thought they'd sort of blow right past it and they sort of did Mm. they they, there was one thing very early on where they she asked why are you calling me madam and mm. she goes because you're a woman she goes am I does it suit yeah, me does it suit me right but then they blow right past it like yeah. it's just and then it's not referred to again until I think uh, when she's having the final sort of showdown with the with the baddie uh, she with Tim Shaw oh, uh, Tim Shaw <laughs> she Tim she Shaw. says you know um, or you could change evolve like change is is yeah. crazy it's scary but yeah. you know if you just go with it. We can choose you know, who we, we want can to choose be who next. we want to be, you know, and it's and that's a little, you know, a tiny bit on the nose, but like, I think in the moment it works and like it acts as like the double sort of entendre of yeah. in the moment, but also, hey, I'm a woman now, let's just go with this. There like, were, yeah, there were lots of at one point she says to Graham, I think new things are scary at first. Yeah, <laughs> to the old straight white man. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> All right, well, um, let's go to discussion of the plot and the villain. And for that, we might bring in our special guest. Yes, absolutely. Let's do that. With us on the line from the other side of this great brown nation of ours, Australia, please (laughs) welcome, it's Greg from the Smart Enough to Know Better podcast. Hello, hello from the only great city in Australia, Perth. What, what? (laughs) Look, we just as a as a Westerkin, I get very sick of you East people taking all the fame and glory. So Greg, you've gone native. West is best. I'm just saying. Anyway, sorry. Hello. Well, I believe the in the AFL, the Western Australian team won. So they did. Yeah, the grand just, final. Just recently. And also, you don't have an opera house being shilled for gambling like Sydney does. So I guess win-win. I've always thought of Sydney as kind of like the the lady of the night of Australian cities. So it doesn't actually offend me that much. It's kind of like, <laughs> like Brisbane is kind of like scrappy, a scrappy, hey, let's get stuff done. And Melbourne's kind of like the lady with airs. And, and Perth is kind of like the guy who's always drunk and asleep on the beach. And, um, and, and Sydney's a prostitute. That's <laughs> Fair enough. But there's also Darwin and Hobart but, and Adelaide, but we haven't got time. Adelaide's just a serial killer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And we'll get complaints for that. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Hello to all our Adelaide Adelaide is a serial killer. Adelaide is just someone who has lots of serial killers around them. So it's kind of like the partner of a serial killer. And 
<laughs> and then leaves the serial killer and then dates someone else and that person's a serial killer but they go to church a lot so that's okay <laughs> they're like why does this keep happening is it me <laughs> it's, it's, yeah it's so weird but anyway what's this barrel doing here <laughs> now anyway, sorry what are we talking about are we talking about serial killers I, yeah. I, have, I have opinion this is now a true crime yeah. podcast actually that would be great because I've heard that true crime is a, a, raven Kill either. Yeah. yeah, yeah, hey, it all works. Who's a raven lunatic? <laughs> there you go. Done. Uh, we, we, I've heard that true crime is an up-and-coming podcast sort of area. I think it's and something no we should look into. It, so yeah, it's... no one's tapped it. Absolutely no one's tapped yeah. it. It's fertile ground. Yeah, we should get some sort of old cold case and try and bust it wide open. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great idea. In a stunning turn of events. Um, so, Greg, you are a lifelong Doctor Who fan, as is Stu. And look, I, uh, we've you just... You keep positioning yourself as I, the outsider. Well, You're not... I feel like I am an outsider compared to Doctor Who devotees. Sure. So I'm trying to bring, I guess, that perspective to it rather than the... Because in Game of Thrones, I'm the raving fangirl. Sure. But in Doctor Who, I'm like, I like this show. This is really interesting and fun. Oh, I forgot to watch an episode. I'll catch up later. You know, I, so I'm trying to get myself into the fan mode for Doctor totally. Uh But Greg, your thoughts on episode one? I really liked it. I think it suffers some of the problems that many of these um, post-regeneration episodes, you've got to introduce a lot of stuff, and this one especially with new everything. Uh, you've got to introduce lots of different things, both hidden and, and obvious. Uh, it, it was very, very interesting but I don't. I enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed Deep Breath, which was Capaldi's first. Mm. It's not as good as Eleventh Hour. Eleventh Hour, I think, is superb yeah. from beginning to end. That's uh, Matt Smith's first one. I think it's an amazing episode for lots of different reasons. But uh, not just as a regeneration episode, but in general, a good episode. But uh, I think it was good to introduce the Doctor, and we got to meet the companions, obviously, and. There was a little villain that was easy to defeat. All as well, Doctor Who is back, and she's kicking ass and taking names. Absolutely. So, so we, Stu agrees with you because just before we brought you on, he did say that Eleventh Hour was, uh, I think, the best. It's the, it's the best regeneration episode, and it's up there among like the best episodes of the show. It's yeah. just really, really it's, good. Yeah, you, you can just watch it and go, "This is amazing!" Like an amazing. It's got chills and spills and failures and wins and funnies and all sorts of stuff like that. So yeah, that was anyway. But yeah, that was that was two generations ago. <laughs> yeah, and I well because I was uh, listening to music and stuff for the for the series because we can talk a bit about the music of this episode too, and went back and found that I am the Doctor, which came in yeah. for that oh. episode. And it's sort of now, I think, the theme that runs through your head when you're thinking of, like, the Doctor about to do something really epic and cool and yeah. save the world. And actually, you know what? I really missed that on the crane sequence. I felt like that's that's obviously, in, in an older episode, that's where that theme would have kicked in. And I felt its absence. Although, having said that, I did really like the music in this, in this episode. I was... My take on the music, I, I was really quite shocked by it. Not because it was bad, but because it wasn't Murray Gold. Yeah. It wasn't orchestral. And it wasn't character songs. It wasn't like, here's Amy. Amy's yeah. Here's yeah. the Doctor. It's like, I think I noticed it when... It's a TV show thing. The poor bastard who got killed. He's driving his truck full of the big mushroom. And and it's kind of like spooky. Yeah. Playing. And yeah. I went, oh, that's music. And I realised... Oh, it's mood music. Yeah. It's telling yes. me how to feel. It's not telling me who they are. And I went, oh, I don't know who's in this scene. It made me more tense because I went, 
is is the doctor in the car? Is what's going on in the car? What's that car? Mm. And, and I, I no longer had any idea what was going on. It's, it was quite weird for me. Well, speaking of true which crime, not, which is not bad, by the way. That's just it was just different. Yeah. Well, speaking of true crime, I for me the episode had a lot of parts of it because it was in Sheffield in the north. It was mm. quite gritty, grimy looking, a bit shadowy, a bit misty. It had a lot of elements that to me felt like a police procedure, like finding a body in a yeah. warehouse, and it had this sort of yeah. uh, which, given Chris Chibnall has just come off the back of three seasons of Broadchurch, yeah, like true. that makes a lot of sense. True. <laughs> So what um, what else about the music? Because I think we we all sort of noted the little da 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 when when Jodie Whittaker first came in. That's right, yeah, and, and that that's probably the only example of like a little uh, of, of a Murray Gold style mm. like theme when a, a character shows a, up. A late motif. I a think. Late, late motif. Late yes. motif. Um, but, I thought it stopped. Oh, sorry. No, no, you go, you go. I thought it was really weird at that point. I, for me, it was when I, my brain went. I think I felt. Yeah, I'm not a musician, but it was. I felt it was almost ham-fistedly put in mm. because it wasn't there, and suddenly you had the just the normal theme suit, and then it just vanished. It just went boop, and it just vanished again. And I went, "Oh, okay, either do it or don't do it. Don't kind of go." <laughs> I know it's the doctor; it's fine. Or maybe you don't know it's the doctor, but if you don't know it's the doctor, hearing that music isn't going to help you. So. I went, what was the point of that? It was really weird. It didn't even stay. I think it disappeared forever. It never came back. It did disappear um, very quickly because yeah. I went back and rewatched it. And, yeah, it was like da-da-da-da, 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 just gone. And it's gone, and, yeah, yeah. And, and she's straight into the action. Yeah, so, no, it, it definitely, the, the music of the episode, uh, yeah, you're right. And, and we're used to that big orchestral score, and this was more sort of synth, uh, a lot of very low-key mm-hmm. stuff. And, yeah, just, just in the background. And I, I think that's going to be... Interesting going forward because we are used to Doctor Who being scored like some sort of big Hollywood movie, mm. and this is very, um, very TV. But that that sounds like I'm criticising the episode, and it's not. It's just a different way of doing it. But it's it's going to be it's going to take some mental adjusting. Like throughout the last ten series of this show, there's been one person doing all the music, and he's mm. been calling back to himself and and you know reusing old themes and things like mm. that. And I think having a new person behind the keyboard is going to be really interesting. Mm. It's the whole, it's, it's such, my feeling about the whole thing after I watched it, even when I watched it a second time, I was just out to see what I could pick up. I went, oh, this is not a fairy tale anymore. No. It very much, it very much feels the stakes are higher. I know it's a silly, a silly inverted commas show about a magical person in a box, blah, blah, blah. But I went, oh, at any moment, anyone could die. I don't feel that they're going to clap their hands and go, I believe in fairies. Yeah, yeah. I think when Grace died, I, mean, I, I don't mean to jump around that. I apologize. When I went, oh my god, I, I was actually quite shocked. But oh, then really? when I thought about it, I realized I shouldn't have been shocked. Yeah, because we—I um, was just telling Stu like that was one of the first thoughts I had was, oh, so the young black lad knows the old white dude. It's his new granddad, and then they know the girl from his school days, and they're the three who've been in the promotional material, but <laughs> the grandma hasn't. She's gonna die. <laughs> I just thought she was going to stay home. I just I don't know why. I just thought she'd go, I'll stay here and keep the home fires burning, Doctor. You See, go the, and save the universe. The problem stuff. was she was the nurse. She was 
you know, t- t- compared to the doctor, yeah. she was the nurse. She was the oh, brave yeah. one. <laughs> she was the uh, quickly. It's like Rory. Rory was a nurse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She, she was the one. But Rory was a bit more of a, oh, I'm scared, where she was like, I'm enjoying this and yeah. let's. we've got to go this way. She saved our lives. We need she's, to the, she's the classic companion. You can yeah. see what they're doing. Like she's absolutely the classic companion character mm, and they, they kill her off and they, and they replace her with three fairly reluctant, um, people. Although, having said that, they, they all buy into the idea that she's an alien and that this thing they're fighting is an alien very quickly. They do, yeah. Which I liked. You know, it becomes very tedious in modern science fiction shows for people to just yeah. be like, aliens? What do you mean? But, you know, you, you expect them to ask a few more questions rather than just like, oh, it's an alien. Okay, great. We'll, mm. we'll deal with Except that. Except I, I feel this is might this might be a soft reboot of Doctor Who where Chibnall, um, Chris Chibnall, the writer, is no longer... He's, he's not going to erase what happened in, in the past days, but he may not mention it as much because That's let's right. face it, Earth's been invaded many times yes. in the new series and everyone knows like spaceships in the sky and everyone torch whatever walking tops of roofs and all sorts of crazy things. Uh, and so maybe that's why they didn't talk about it. But I have a feeling that he's just going, let's not talk about that. Let's just yeah. forget that. Let's, let's not be beholden to the past. So yeah, I'm not too sure how to take that either. Um, but aliens, everyone knows aliens exist in Doctor Who. It's just a thing. Yeah, uh. <laughs> I did. I did like the um, the guys, uh, the the other character, the the, the special the special guy, uh, who was like, "We don't get aliens around Sheffield." Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, that's true. Carl, he that Carl, was, that's right. I, I loved. I I thought that was a really nice little character touch with him, saying, "I am special. I am valued. Someone out there wants me." Just so happens to be a demon tooth alien from 500 galaxies away who needs well, to hunt you for sport. I, I like that character beat from him earlier when, you know, normally we see these people who interact with the Doctor. They're like, oh, yeah, how wonderful, how awesome. Yeah. He's like, no, this was a really traumatic experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd quite like to go home now. I, yeah. I almost got killed by a giant flying yeah. spaghetti monster <laughs> thing. Um, so what did you make of the villain, uh, boys? The... Tim Shaw. Tim Shaw. <laughs> Which is hilarious if you were an Australian who grew up watching TV in the 90s because Tim Shaw was kind of the infomercial man. That's right. He represented a company called Demtel. They sold all sorts of shoddy products and DVD, <laughs> or well, not even DVDs, like CD deals and videotape deals yep. and weird products. And, and he'd always have more. He'd but always wait, say, there's more. but wait, there's more. You get. Oh, is that him? Is that that's Tim him. Shaw? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's what, right. but wait, there's more. And next up from Demtel. And <laughs> like, if you look up Tim Shaw Demtel on Google, you will see more. There's no clear picture of him from the nineties. They're all slightly blurry taken from <laughs> VHS, but um, he's still there. And when she's saying Tim Shaw and he's like, Tim Shaw or whatever it was. It's like, Oh, Tim Shaw. And I was like, Oh my God, it's Tim Shaw. <laughs> you should. You should get him on the podcast. Yeah. Well, he does actually work in radio now. He hosts a breakfast radio show in Canberra. That's it. You should ring in and ask him why he's taking people's teeth. <laughs> <laughs> He'll say, but wait, there's more. Uh, I, look, I, I, I thought initially when he got out of – and first of all, how did he fit into that transport pod? I know it was a big mushroomy thing, but it didn't appear big enough for him because he was just sort of crouching in it. <laughs> I, I took it. I was wondering that myself, but then I realised I'm watching Doctor Who, and, yeah. and but I honestly thought that in my mind the transport pod arrives on Earth. They get permission and then they teleport you there, like they teleported him back. Oh, so I see. I, I think it was just the, the the receiver to get you there. That's ah, good one. Yeah, yeah. that yeah, makes sense. 
Well, because yes, he was way too big to fit into that mushroom. Yeah, it said more like a dim sum, wasn't it? Like a giant dim sum. That's yeah. right. I thought he was uh, like a RoboCop sort of figure because he did seem to have this very ah. heavy armor, but this very like wasp-like face. Yeah, armor. So I thought it was a creature, um, like an organic mechanical creature. And then he took his mask off to show mm. the teeth later on, and mm. and he's obviously organic because it was he was a dude. In yeah. a big armor suit. I did like that the, the doctor said she expected a big tentacly thing uh, because she'd seen a big tentacly thing and then she expected to see another big yes. tentacly thing and then yeah. it's like a humanoid thing. She's like, oh, that doesn't marry up. Hang on, what? <laughs> so that was that was quite good. I like that touch. Um, but I, I, uh, I, I quite like the tooth thing because to me that's sort of the Doctor Who... Um, classic thing of getting something very simple and very everyday, mm. like a tooth or a lost tooth. Particularly, kids lose their teeth. You know, yeah, that's true. That's and the true. tooth fairy yeah. who takes teeth, the tooth fairy takes mm. teeth. Or, or Tim Shaw does. Or Tim Shaw. Or Tim Shaw does. Um, but it's creepy to, too. To turn to then plant all these teeth into your face, yes. which obviously they just stick in there. Uh, I think it's pretty good. I keep wondering if maybe he's, he puts them in his, like you know, like if you lose your tooth, they say put it in milk because I don't know if it worked. You know, to keep it alive and then and then or put it back in the hole. Maybe he, he sticks it into his face and that gives enough nutrients to the tooth. He's actually just growing teeth out of his face. <laughs> you, you've made an already creepy idea even worse, Greg. <laughs> Thank you very much. That's my job. Um, yes. Well, it was. Uh, it 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 reminded me because I just watched this Amy Adams uh, show on Foxtel called Sharp Objects. And so there's quite a strong storyline about teeth in that. Right. So I had that whole scenario, but I won't say in case you watch it. Spoilers, but yeah, there's um, there's a there's a few murders and people are, are deprived of their teeth and right. for, and when you find out sort of why, it's like oh my god, um, yeah, it's a bit of a, a good revelation right at the end of the series. So that's what I was <laughs> thinking in of. Well, you will have a 40k the uh, like the the Games Workshop game. The orcs in that use teeth as currency, so. They punch you in the mouth, grab all your teeth, and then buy things, buy stuff with it. All oh, right. Yeah, that so, seems or, like an or they punch out their own teeth because they regenerate as well. So there you go. They can grow back teeth over time like sharks. So, so maybe that's it. Maybe the Tim Shaw's people. He's like because he said he was a leader, almost a leader. So yeah. maybe he was like, "Look at my sexy teeth, money!" And like, ooh. So I was just I was <laughs> intrigued though as to the motivation in that because obviously they've done it before because that guy who died first, his sister had been taken. So do they just go, and that was seven years ago, which seems yeah. relatively recent, mm. you know, for, for for one city in the UK to be, you know, do they just go to Sheffield every few years <laughs> or are they, are they going to other places on earth? Do they just go to earth or do they hunt other species? Maybe it's every, every seven years for Sheffield, like Sheffield every seven years. <laughs> It's but, your time, Sheffield. Yeah. <laughs> show, us, show us what you've got. Because yeah. it, it does seem like relatively, you know, frequent to have huntings going on in one town. Um, it does. And specifying. You're not wrong. I, I mean, if they're going to be happening every seven years or so, you'd think they'd go to a different place on Earth. Yes. Well, 500 people or so a year vanish without trace from planet Earth. So... Um, it's one of those facts I looked up once. About 500 people. Now, that so what, what you're saying is they're all due to aliens. Yeah, well, and, and that's what if, if, in, if, if in our world, day and age, we can lose people entirely. We never know where they go. No, no, no trace of them at all. It could be a tooth monster from beyond the stars. That's Who true. knows? That's it's, the it's, horror of Doctor Who. It's the whole, 
oh, that's just a thing that always happens until you find out that it's, it's not. Well, that's why I thought the tooth monster was a good one to start with because it has that weeping angel sort of thing of, oh, this is something that, you know, kids would no, our oh, teeth, you know, they they just are simple things I use to chew candy. But, oh, no, wait, it's gross. Um, I had people I worked with make a really good point about Tim Shaw. We're chatting about him today, um, other Doctor Who fans. And I, when the Doctor let him go at the end and he gets pushed off the balcony, the, the gantry, mm. and then he teleports out, I went, oh, that was the Doctor showing mercy. Like, here's your teleporter, go back to your planet where maybe they can fix the 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 gene bombs, you, can, you have a chance to live. That was my take on the Doctor. Yeah. But then the people I was with went, oh, no, no, no. That's the Doctor being a horrible, horrible person. And why, in their mind, uh, is because they felt what happens is back on the home planet in the throne room, the, the portal opens up and then a messy squidge falls through going, it was the Doctor! Blah, blah. And it was like, ah! And it's like a big message to these aliens not to mess them around anymore because you'll get turned into a horrible blob monster if you go through. <laughs> um, so it's a warning. Yeah, maybe. I, I agree with you. I, I think I think it's more the Doctor showing mercy. And I think that's a, that's a big point of that scene is that she does give him a chance to not do all the stuff that he does. And I think after that, you know, she's still not going to just, like, let him slowly melt into a puddle of gloop. Like, she'll, she'll give him a chance to get away. Yes, yeah, fair enough. I think so, too. I yeah. like to think, why I think this as well is... Which is why, too, because she, she actually... Sorry, sorry to cut you off. She, she did actually uh, admonish uh, Carl, Carl. Yeah, that's uh, for, what I was going to say. kicking him off the crane. Like, like, she's like, you had no right to do that. And yeah, he's like, just been traumatized by this guy. That one. I'm like, yeah, he did. <laughs> he, he totally yeah. had a right to do that, actually. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> the doctor, the doctor's moral high ground is very shaky at the best oh, times. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like, yes, I, I, I have the right to do whatever I like, but you don't. Wait a minute, what's that? But anyway, it's fine. Uh, I thought I'm not a two thousand year old alien. I suppose. Exactly. Uh, um, the, the the other thing was that I thought was not clearly explained when she was like, "Aha!" But I've already removed the DNA. Uh, DNA bombs and put them into the giant spaghetti tentacle thing and therefore they've transferred over to you. Yeah, like we that... never saw her do that. They sort of yeah. arrived. It had to have happened when they were on the rooftop with the squiggly thing and then he or, turns up. It had to happen there because that's when he did the transference. So or was it or was it when or was it when she transferred when she um erased the young man's phone. I don't know the names yet. Ryan. <laughs> erased, erased young man's phone and then it blew her across the room. I felt that was her tracking, using it to track because it had stopped tracking. So. Oh, okay. Maybe it was. Yeah, you're right. I thought that was her, um, like, buzzing it, herself. It did actually zap her in her zappy button thing. Yeah, you and know, I thought that was just to track. Uh, but maybe okay, it was just a, yeah, maybe it was just it's a, definitely it caught me by surprise when she said that I was like oh that's clever and I was like well wait but when did she do that yeah so that's definitely yeah. and we were talking earlier about how uh, the episode has a lot more room to breathe because it's a it's over an hour long and and in a 45 minute episode you know a lot of a lot of scenes would probably be shortened or cut entirely and I think like that's one thing where maybe we did need a quick little scene of, yeah. of you know her doing something where you could explain it away later as oh that's when she did that yeah because uh, at the moment there's just nothing. We, yeah. She just says, "Oh yeah, I did that," and it's like, "Oh okay, great. Yeah, that's very clever." But yeah, um, yeah. Seeing you didn't know. Yeah, it felt that she was still very much regenerating and was a bit addled. Yes. So to, for her to suddenly go, actually, I wasn't addled that time. I looked addled. I wasn't addled. 
I couldn't remember my name, but I did this thing. You're like, yeah. okay, good, uh, fine. I mean, you know, once again, it's the doctor, but still, you're like, yeah, it didn't feel, it didn't feel that satisfying, to be honest. Mm. Um, I, I liked, it was nice I when she declared herself the character. I liking the character for one reason, and I, who knows, one episode in, but at the end of the last one, it, it actually makes me cry. Uh, with Capaldi's last yes. speech about, yeah, "Hey, yeah. doctor, before you come, I've got some. I got a message for you yeah. about being kind and all. You know, that, I, it actually made me cry. I watched it again recently and cried again. Yeah, it's uh, a great episode. It's amazing. Hang on, wait, Capaldi. Greg, wait. Was it a single manly tear? Oh no, it was ugly. It was ugly sobbing crying. It, it really is. It's 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 mm. not pretty. It's a, it's a great episode. It's such a great episode. It, it, that part breaks me. It's amazing. Yeah. But he, I'm hoping, and 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 Jodie Whittaker's doctor does seem to be so far, is what he was asking her to be. Be kind, That's be compassionate, be, you know, laugh and, and and you know, love and run very fast. And, uh, yeah, this is all generic doctor stuff, but also because Capaldi went from being a hateful, not hateful, but a, but, but a almost autistic kind of guy uh, to, to understanding the, the, the wonder of humans and, you know, and... and and, and understanding that he, he had to do these things, but it didn't mean he should lose. He should die for little people. It's, it's that sort of stuff. Um, he went through a character arc. So I'm glad that Jodie Whittaker's doctor seems to have taken that on board. It's not like Tennant's doctor who was like, I'm depressed about stuff. And, well, and, then, and so it was Matt Smith. I'm also depressed about things. And Capaldi, P.S. I'm still depressed about things. You're like, oh, well done, doctor. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe move on. So I'm hoping she'll, I'm sure she'll have dark days, but um I'm That's such a good observation, yeah, because I, I'd never put that together, but but you're right. Like, he told the next Doctor to be kind, and she is. What I told yes. Stu uh, before we logged you in, Greg, was that at my in my mind at the moment, she's like the energy and exuberance and northernness of Christopher Eccleston without the guilt. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, I can see that. Yes, I actually can. I'm really looking – so saying all this kind stuff, which I really wanted to keep, I'm looking forward to when she goes full – Full lonely god, angry, yeah. <laughs> when because I don't know, I don't know what that'll look like because mm. um, because she's so uh, chirpy she and her accent is so kind of yeah funny and you know, yeah. happy. Do you know the um? Do you remember Abfab? Absolutely fabulous. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, bubbles. Bubbles. Yeah. Reminds me all the time when she was wearing the goggles. She was making her screwdriver and she yes. and she picks up her little blowtorch and goes oh yeah makes a little face and I went well that's bubbles yeah it was <laughs> totally bubbles, bubbles. Right there. and then she blows up the, well, the screwdriver and goes oh it'll be fine I went, yeah that's also bubbles it'll be it's fine like, it'll be fine it's, it's such a wonderful I know the accents are utterly different Welsh to, to the northern but but I still yeah there's something which there's is a good thing something. Like, you know, I'm glad yeah I keep I keep looking for the second doctor and all my doctors who I think one of my favorite oh. doctors is the second doctor and I keep going come on space hobo you can do it uh but um we'll see we'll see well, there's a bit. Of, there's a bit of the space hobos about her new costume as well. Yes. yes. <laughs> I mean, it's literally, it's literally from an op shop. So. Yes, mm. <laughs> I, I'm fascinated by people who don't like it, uh, and because it it looks silly. And you go, "Have you seen what the doctor?" I was wears? about to say, yeah, it, it's it's normal clothes, but a little bit silly. Yeah. Which is exactly yeah. what every doctor wears. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's always except except the ninth was just a guy in a, in a leather jacket. Yeah, because they they were rebooting the show and they didn't want to freak people out. Yeah, but then as but soon as Tennant arrives, he's me. in like a big weird coat and doing stuff like it's yeah. He's, he's always. I mean, Tennant was I suppose was dressed in a in a lovely brown or blue suit, and then but he had a big giant coat on as well. Yeah. That wasn't normal. I mean. <laughs> It's not. It, it, we kind of go. Oh, how cool he was! He was like the sex doctor. Ooh, sex doctor. But <laughs> well, I do anyway. I don't know about anyone else. 
But um, that was, I always like to think of that regeneration. I keep thinking that your, uh, that your 11th, sorry, your 10th regeneration must be like when they start to get, you know, like they go, oh, I need to breed. I need to breed like now. Like they go through their horny <laughs> period and they just have one regeneration. They're like, I'm going to get some. Yeah. That's just a mating regeneration. Into himself. He's like, no, no, I'm getting, I'm still getting it on. Do it. Yeah. Um, what did you guys think of the ending? Because we had obviously the Doctor going, I'm going to go back to my TARDIS now, it should all be fine, and then bang, they're all in space. Great um, great cliffhanger ending. <laughs> and they got to do the, the, the little weird scream and then and then into the theme, which we didn't get. We didn't get the theme uh, this time around. We didn't get the opening credits. No. Apparently we get the them next credits, week. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I really liked it. I thought, I love the fact, I love it when the Doctor screws up. And yeah. So the doctor's like, well, I mean, she wasn't being she wasn't being cocky about it. She was like, well, this is really hard. I'm doing something that's really hard, but I don't think I'll see you again. See you guys. I'm off. Uh, so she was aware that it was difficult, but then she stuffed it and took them all and then stuffed it and put them in space. Yeah. And, and you can see in her, I love in her eyes, she's like, oh, oh, no. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, and I, I really like, because the doctor's not infallible. The doctor is not, even though they call him the lonely god, it's only because that she's lived through eternity, not because she's literally a god. Yeah. Uh, and so this is a, a fallible being that can make mistakes. And so for her to make those mistakes is wonderful. Again, so, don't... betting for next week, is the TARDIS just going to appear, uh, luckily because it'll have locked onto her coordinates and they'll, she'll get in there and get I, them, or they get picked up by an I, alien? I was about to say, I think they're going to get picked up by an alien spacecraft and then the search for the TARDIS is going to be the through line throughout the, the series. Oh, really? uh, throughout this series, I, I think I think we're not going to get the TARDIS again until the last episode of this series. That's exciting. That's I think really that'd be exciting. really cool. I think that'd be really cool. And I think My you know the, the fact that we see a spaceship in the previews for next week suggests <laughs> that maybe they get, they get picked up. I, I thought of the spaceship not because of the picture you mentioned. Yeah, there is a spaceship in there. Yeah, but when she turns and looks to the left, there's a big bright light in their face. Which I went, oh, that could be a star, but it's a big bright white light. And yeah. it's, to me, I kept thinking. Oh, that's like a headlights of a car. Yeah. I know it sounds I was thinking it's it's I like the idea that you're careening down space. It's, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> it's like suddenly like idiots into the space highway. You're like, get off the road. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, I I, I just feel like they that they're that lucky. It's the whole infinite improbability drive thing of yeah. what are the chances? What are the chances? <laughs> now She's did you guys doctor. did you guys watch the um little credit sequence? Because I watched it on iView yes. and there was there wasn't really like a next week, they just said Here's a bunch of actors a who bunch are going of to be actors. in the show. I felt very old. Uh, yes. Because I went, oh, Alan Cumming, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, uh, me, Lee Mack, that's cool. Yeah. Who the hell are all these people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly the same. So many people I've never seen in stuff. But I assume they're relatively well-known British actors who are in soaps or in Some dramas and stuff like yeah. that. But at the end, Mr. Big. <laughs> Chris, is, is that who that was? Chris Knopf. I knew I recognised yeah. him. Okay. Oh, Chris Knopf is Mr. Big from Sex and the City. Wow. Like okay. of all the pe- like when Alan Cumming turned around, he seemed to be in slightly maybe period gear. Like musketeer sort yeah. of outfit. Yeah, and I yeah. went, I love the look of that because I love Alan Cumming. But um, then at the end when it turned around, it's like Chris Knopf and I went, it's Mr. Big in <laughs> Doctor Who. Um, so that's my, because I think he, he's been so, in that. So is, uh, is the Doctor a Carrie or a Samantha? Or yeah, what? he is such a Charlotte. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, actually, I think the Doctor probably would be a Carrie. 
But we can have this debate next. Do you know what I'm doing ahead of my birthday? It's my birthday later this week. I should say that to people so they can give me money. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> it's my birthday. I'm poor. Please help. Um, but I am going to a Sex in the City trivia night. Ah! Fantastic. With uh, three girlfriends. Uh, I'm wonderful. so excited. I'm so, so excited. which and, one are you? Well, we have a chat group where we're all a Sex in the City uh, character yeah. and I'm the Carrie because I'm like a writer. Of course. Um, yeah. And, and Brittany's the lawyer because she's a lawyer. She's Miranda. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, and so, yes, yeah, so we have our own little Sex in the City chat group. It's so good. <laughs> so, I, was, I was super impressed with the end and this might make me an SJW or whatever idiots say nowadays. But oh, no, it's SJP, people, Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> the, I was on, honestly, I was going to say it took hey, me Stu's back. Stu's laughing at that. Back. Stu's <laughs> laughing at that. Yeah, no, I did. It's I, a quality I, I, joke. I laughed, I giggled, I moved on. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, I was impressed by the number of um, people of colour in it. And in fact, hmm. there were few white dudes, old, especially older white dudes, which normally does what Doctor normally has. When you look through that list of coming up, a lot of those people were not the normal faces you see in Doctor Who yeah. or in television. And I know that's like, it doesn't make it a good story. It doesn't, but I went, oh, wow, they're really going for that. That's They've decided that's what they want to do. Give, give chances to good actors, no matter what color. Yeah, or absolutely. Race. And I mean, I, I think I think that's something that Doctor Who has always done throughout its run. Yeah. Um, especially since it's, since it's came back, especially since the 2005 series, I think it's, it's always at least tried to put, you know, different faces in front of the camera. But I feel like you're, you're right in that a lot, like, like probably the vast majority of those people are, oh, yeah. are people yeah, of color. Exactly like it's, right. it's not, you know, and there's a couple of like famous old white guys in there and then otherwise it's yeah. mostly people of color, which is great. Mm. Like it's great to have those people on screen. Yeah, I just well, felt bad because people, I didn't recognize any of the people of color. In the world and there are white mutants in the world. So well, exactly. It's kind, of odd, yeah. it's kind of odd to think that you go, in the universe, they're all white. Well, probably not. Well, can I say, though, I felt really, I felt a bit bad because of all the people um, that I liked out of the companions and stuff was was the old white dude. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt really bad because I, I just really, I got a sense of his character straight away, whereas the two younger ones, I got a bit of a sense, but I'm hoping that they step up more. I felt that they weren't quite as sparky as other companions initially, whereas I felt Grace and Are Graham, they, um, and I, of course Grace died, but yeah. I felt they were kind of the pluckier companion types, yeah, whereas the, the younger ones were a bit like well, the doctor even cranky says, or fat, sad. Fat lot or, of good you two were. Yeah. Um, yeah. But what, what, how old – Ryan's supposed to be 19, 19 right? So, and he reads on camera a lot older. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, is Yaz supposed to be 19 well, as well? they went to primary school She's together. two years. Two years as a constable, so she could be, she could be 19, 20, yeah. She yeah. could be 19, 20, because they both read older than that. And that's weird yeah. that they, yeah, that, that, that's the only thing that struck me as off. Is like, I was like, oh, okay, well, they're obviously going to be in their mid-20s. Well, the actors uh, are probably in their mid-20s. Well, I think they're both, like, 30. Oh, oh really? Oh, yeah, hell. yeah, <laughs> and, and, they, and they read as not a teenager. I don't know. That, that was just yeah. something that I noticed. I was like, they're, they're supposed to be quite young, um, but they're reading as young. They're, they're reading on camera as adults, which is strange to me. But anyway, I'm looking for I'm, what I'm hoping is to see more of them and their yeah. their characters' personalities. Because totally. yeah, yeah. I just in that first episode, I glommed onto Grace and Graham. Yeah, and particularly Graham, sort of like oh, ask a bus driver, like that sort of earnest <laughs> dagginess. Yeah, but I think there, that's there were shades. There were shades of Wolf in there. I thought a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A little bit of, oh, watch yeah, out. Donna's dad. 
And I, I was granddad. Yeah, I just felt quite um, a sort of affinity with that character of oh god, oh, well, oh, I've got to watch out. I don't want to be doing. You know, I thought I thought that was um, he was very daggy and endearing yeah. to me. So I would, he, I yeah. He was great because he didn't want to do it, but he, the love of his life was really ballsy and wanted to do stuff. Yeah. She had her over, she had girded her ovaries and away she went. So he did it. He didn't yeah. complain or kvetch or bitch in the background. He went okay. She wants me to do it. I'll do it. And at the end, at the funeral, he was very much like a. I've got to. I, I should have died, and she should be alive. But it's not like that. So here we go. Yeah. Uh, you know. And I. Yeah, I really. I. I liked him. I'm. I'm interested. Once again, maybe I'm looking for things that aren't there. But I felt they're all in the. They're all in the, in the um, police car driving to the the, the, the giant dim sum, and <laughs> the doctor makes a comment about. Oh, you two know each other? Like, oh, yeah, that's my grand. Oh, that's my grand, and that's my grand's hu- uh, new husband. Yeah, all that around doing, yeah. And, and we all know Yaz, and the doctor kind of looks at them all. Yeah. And I went, oh, that's that has to be something. Is that's going to be like wibbly, a, wibbly, timely, some sort of shenanigans. Is, yeah, there's something going on here. Why do you all? I mean, maybe people just know each other. So maybe it's a good way to get everyone, so you don't go. Why am I hanging out with you idiots? Bye. Uh, yeah. I'm going to eat casserole. <laughs> but but I, I think the doctor was acknowledging that's not that's pretty weird. That's strange. Yeah, um, it's strange that you're all here and we're all involved in this weird alien occurrence. Yeah, so uh, I, I feel there'll be some sort of through line. Also, you don't just give – well, I, once again, this conversation I had today with people, I said you don't just give people dyspraxia for no reason. But yes. someone said, no, well, they do because it's good to have people with a disability. Yeah, and uh, actually I, I read up on this and apparently uh, Chris Chibnall's uh, nephew has dyspraxia. And so that's uh-huh. why uh, Ryan has dyspraxia. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. So, so, so I don't know if that's going to have like a story. At some point. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if that's going to have a story connotation down the line. But definitely, the reason that's in there is because Chris Chibnall has like a personal connection with it. Right. Oh, they, they, yeah. maybe they, maybe maybe it's just a, a person with a disability. And I think that, like that a, would be a, that would be a best. Disability, whatever you call it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I think that would be best. Is if Ryan just has dyspraxia and. Like, it's not something that he has to overcome or be cured of or whatever. It's just, he's got it, and that's just part of his character. Well, it was nice yeah. that he didn't ride the bike. The doctor yeah. watched him just yeah, keep just trying. Keeps falling, yeah. He keeps falling, yeah. but he just keeps getting on there in memory. Because I, I was expecting him to get on and just do it, like, because that's what the movies teach you. But it was that he kept getting on, falling off, getting back on, mm. and the doctor was watching him do that. So I think it was more that message of he realised that that's what his grand would have wanted him to do. So that's what he did. And that's the more, you know, you keep trying. Yeah. So. And I think that's some, that's sort of familiar is more of that Doctor Who, what Doctor Who is actually about. It's not about being clever and defeating the enemies or, you know, um, I can't remember his name. Uh, Craig Ferguson, very, very, very yes. cleverly once said Doctor Who is about intellect and romance versus brute force and cynicism. Yeah. And, and, and some people, including myself, glom onto the intellect versus brute force. Yes. And you go, yay, I'm clever and I'm going to defeat the baddies. But it's not just that. It's also about romance, not not kissy-kissy romance necessarily, but just the romantic ideal of the world versus cynicism. Uh, and uh, that's the important part. Maybe as I got older, that's more important to me now is the romance versus cynicism. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's, the, it's the admonishment to run fast and be kind. Yes, yeah, that's right. And, and so you can be clever, and, and the doctor wants you to be clever, and, and she's clever, but actually she wants to hang out with people with guts yeah. and who are kind and, cl- and, and lovely and, and aren't cynical. 
So yeah. in this day and age of politics and madness, we all, not we all, but many people get cynical, like, oh, it's all crap, everything's wrong. And you go, well, if you're a Doctor Who fan, you can't, you shouldn't be that way because yeah. the Doctor wouldn't like it. Even if you don't like the way the world is running, you can't become cynical about it because that makes you, that, may, that means you failed almost. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe I'm reading too much into this. But no, 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 I was no. just telling Stu at the start when we started recording that I, uh, you know, when I started my recap, I was sort of like, ah, oh, just throw a few insults out there, insult some sci-fi nerds. <laughs> but I feel so guilty sort of doing that because I'm like, oh, but that's not what Doctor Who's about. Doctor Who's no. about being a bit daggy yeah. and a bit, um, you know, better angels of our nature and that sort of thing. So I'm trying to get into the Doctor Who earnest, uh, enthusiastic kindness sort of thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, but it is. She's like look, the, the, smart, the, the doctor's kind of like the smartest puppy in the room. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> and I don't mean to use smart as a puppy. I mean, if a puppy had a, the intellect of a god but was also still a puppy, <laughs> that's kind <laughs> that's, of like the, the doctor. doctor. Yeah. But it's, it's yeah, it's it's a, a, to, to, the world is so full of people who like to snipe. And, look, I am one of those people, and I'll still crack the piss, crack the piss, crack jokes or take the piss. Um, if, if I feel it's warranted in Doctor Who, but, um, I ultimately recognize that it's not about sort of, it's not like a reality show recap where you just make snide remarks about idiots on TV. It's actually no. about going, how do we be better people or nicer to each other? Yeah. Or, yeah. Um, be nicer to each other. Keep yeah, getting back right. on the bicycle. I wish I'd put yeah. that bit in my recap. I forgot that bit in my recap. <laughs> it had taken me hours and hours and I just needed to finish it. And I was like, was there anything else that happened? Oh, I'm sure it was fine. And now there's a very, I, I thought it was very interesting that when he was trying to ride the bicycle, Ryan, at the end, the doctor was watching from a distance. The mm. doctor wasn't helping. The doctor was on the grassy knoll watching, in a, you know, backlit and interesting. And I was intrigued by that too. As in, why would the doctor be there? Did the doctor, was the doctor invited? I can't see Ryan inviting the doctor along. Hey, come watch me fall off a bike, strange space lady. Like I, can't, <laughs> I just don't believe that would be the way it was. So the doctor followed Ryan and watched him fail over and over again, didn't help and didn't fix him, didn't, almost like she knew that he has to do it on his own. Mm. Yeah, it's um, something that he's got to do by himself. Yeah, and, and also to learn about him, looking at this guy going, is he a good person? Mm. Oh, he, he, he's going to honour his grand to make sure, well, honour his grand by trying to do the thing that she wanted him to do. So I, I felt that that said a lot of the Doctor's character, but also part of me goes, what was that about? Why would you spookily watch someone? Uh, you know, it's, it's too much. Once again, I love reading and thinking of Doctor Who is the best. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Well, we might wrap this first uh, podcast, this debut, well, not really a debut. We did a preview last week, but debut episode podcast of Who's Raven On, uh, which I'm sure you'll agree, Greg, is a, a very punny title. <laughs> I didn't, when I listened to your first one, uh, the I didn't even, because I saw that it, it appeared on my podcasting device and I went, oh, that's got Raven on. And I thought, who's Raven on? Oh, that's nice. And I, 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 I didn't realize why you were calling it that. And even when you said something Doctor Who, I was like, what? And then, then you went, we made this thing. It's really obvious. I went, yes, it's really obvious. Everyone's going to get mad. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, I, I was an idiot didn't pick up on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, we have uh, Stu's lovely wife, Rose, to thank for that. That was all her work. We, we, we agonized for, for weeks over what to call the podcast. And then I told her... And in 30 seconds, she came up with that title. She's a genius. There you go. Roses. <laughs> Doctor Who and Roses. That's, That's it. Found. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, Greg, we'll keep touch uh, with you throughout the course of the series. Uh, sure. For regular updates on what you think. <laughs> um, but I hope you've enjoyed being our first guest on Who's Raven On. <laughs> Thank you.
thank you for letting me bull my way into your podcast. I appreciate Hooray. it. Hooray. Hooray. And there's that Doctor Who optimism of saying he's our first guest. Yes, that's right. <laughs> well, what we should do is get Dan on for Point Counterpoint. Sure. From the Smart Enough to Know Better podcast. Um, we'll get Dan on after an episode that he doesn't like. Yes, just to bag absolutely. It <laughs> or the, and then we'll just get Dan and Greg on and we'll just stay silent. We'll, we'll sit back and you guys can hash it out. <laughs> Uh, but until then, Greg, uh, say hello to West Australia for us. I will. It's it's always here for everyone. West Australia is here for you. Everyone listening, you come here. Trust us, we've got a lot of land. Come here. <laughs> Holy hell. <laughs> a lot of land and a lot of sand. And, and we're very close to Bali. There you go. Perth, it's all sand. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> it is, though. How dare you? This the Swan River is gorgeous. No, 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 no. But what I mean is all the land around that is all sand. Yeah, well, yeah, and, yes, we don't talk about that. And that's why they have sprinklers on all the time. Yes. <laughs> because two days stop, without stop water, it, the yes. sand starts to reclaim. It's amazing. No, I'm not criticising. It's a, it's amazing. It's just you don't realise and you're walking around going, I'm walking on a suburban street and it's sand. Yes, mm. it is. It's a bit scary. But if, <laughs> yes, if, they, if you don't water your garden, then it, it reverts back to the desert very, very quickly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a massive, massive con they're trying to pull on themselves. We live in a beautiful green world. Oh, God, quickly look, keep the taps look, on. Look, you eastern bastards. Stop blocking my state. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying that it's like until you're there for a while and then you realise, oh, the curtain comes down and you just see the... <laughs> That's it. That's it. I'm seceding from this podcast. Good day, sir. And with that, let us sign off. Thank you all for tuning in for the first Who's Raven on, and we will see you all again next week. Yes, indeed. For episode two. Exciting. We haven't come up with a sign-off yet, Stu. No, we haven't. Um, Uh, uh, On the fly. Uh, uh, Winter is coming. (laughs) Yeah, let's go with that. Yeah. Until next week. Goodbye. (laughs) 